Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. In just about 10 minutes, we'll have former USC and NFL quarterback Sean Salisbury on talk about the Julio Jones trade prospects for the Titans. And I want to ask him about Deshaun Watson as well. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. You mentioned Deshaun Watson, Sean being a former quarterback. He'll have some insight on that. But I'm really curious to how impactful he believes that Julio Jones could be coming over from the Atlanta Falcons. And Mike, the other thing that shocked me a little bit was it was a second and a six. You couldn't get better for Julio Jones, a future Hall of Famer, perennial top three receiver in the league. I just don't get it. Yeah, Michael Lombardi on the Lombardi line, of course, on this network has talked about um, his durability issues and whether uh, whether he was really worth a second round pick at all. But I mean, really? He, yes, he has. I mean, over. Is that, a, is that, is that from the same uh, drafting of Bill Belichick's first round picks? I, I don't know. He compared him to Clowney that he didn't think he would he would have an impact, just like Clowney was overrated. Um, but I'll be interested to talk to Sean and what impact he might have on the offense there in Tennessee and with uh, your favorite quarterback, Ryan Tannehill. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to see it. Now, look, you got A.J. Brown, you got, uh, uh, obviously, Julio Jones there, Derrick Henry, the 18-wheeler behind you. Uh, to me, this offense should really be able to click. I know everybody's got Indianapolis as the foregone conclusion, but I'll tell you one thing that's underrated with the Tennessee Titans is the value of Mike Rabel as a head coach. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. He really has an understanding. He kind of employs that Belichick style, but he's a former player who played in the league for more than a decade. 
had a successful career, won three Super Bowls. I think this team is one that you can't necessarily overlook. I believe Julio Jones is a difference maker. What I, what my question is, I can appreciate the durability concern with Julio Jones. However, I'd make the argument when you look at this guy healthy over the last seven, eight years, he's a 1,600 yard receiver, Mike. He's an absolute beast. Yeah, I, he, he has the second most yards over a seven-year span, I think only to Jerry Rice in the history of the NFL, if you took any seven-year span for a wide receiver. Well, it was a huge weekend, Amal, uh, both for the NHL and NBA playoffs, and then there were eight in, in both of these leagues. There might only be seven tonight after the uh, after the game at the Bell Center in Montreal. Can't wait. Definitely <laughs> going to be on the Canadians tonight. They're minus 160. Great opportunity here for Montreal to put this series away. I told you the other day when this game was going on, I said the only way uh, Ottawa was uh, – Ottawa – <laughs> Winnipeg. Winnipeg, thank you. At this point in time, they're playing like they're the Ottawa Senators. Um, that they're going to be able to score is on a bad bounce or something to that effect. This team has really struggled offensively. You know, people forget the Shifley hit. Not only was it a big impact in terms of this team, but he was their leading scorer. You can't lose a player of his caliber. It just has had too much of an impact. And Montreal, regardless of whether Shifley was there or not, they would not have been able to overcome, I think, what this Montreal defense has been. To your credit, Amal, you said you liked the Canadians going into the series. They were the dog, obviously, going on the road. Well, now they've won six straight and stand on the precipice of closing out Winnipeg tonight and moving on to the Final Four to face the winner of the Avalanche and the Knights. We'll get to more on that later. NBA, let's start with Game 7 in Staples yesterday. A home team hadn't won in the first six games of the series. We saw this line six and a half again on the Clippers. Most of the bets were on the Mavericks in terms of ticket count yesterday. Yeah. Clippers found themselves down five in the third quarter, and then it was Kawhi time. Yeah, it really was. He did a tremendous job in this one, getting the W for the uh, Clippers who move on. This is a team, though, you have to be disappointed if you're the Clippers going to seven games against a Mavericks team that really was an average team during the regular year, but played particularly well in Los Angeles, winning three out of four there. If you're the Clippers, you're going to have to really get out of the gate strong. You can't fall behind 2-0 in the next series. Otherwise, you're going to be in serious trouble against uh, the Utah Jazz here. Did Luka Doncic raise his stock the most of anyone in this series? Well, not for me, because yeah. I always thought he was a great player. I just thought mm-hmm. it was a matter of time, and he needed a, a Robin to go with him being Batman. And once I'd say, I mean, it's not Tim Hardaway Jr. It's not Dorian Finney-Smith. So, I mean, until you get somebody it's there. It's not Chris Fapp either. I no, mean, he, he was a star yeah. in New York. He's not a star in Dallas. No, he really isn't. I don't know if it's just been injuries and sometimes lose confidence, but he's not been the same player. Uh, but to me, if you're Dallas and if, you, if you're Cuban, this is an easy sell. I, I've never understood how poor of a job Cuban has done recruiting free agents to Dallas. No state income tax, great weather to live around the year, uh, all year round. Just a winning program there. you got a great opportunity. Bring somebody in to play with Luka, and this team becomes a force in the Western Conference next year. Let's take a look ahead here now. The Clippers in the 4-1 matchup will take on the Utah Jazz, who closed out Memphis in five, as you mentioned. They do have the rest advantage, and of course, they've been so terrific on their home court all year. They only lost five games in the regular season. They did drop game one against Memphis. Um, we see the series price here about 2-1 to one in favor of, of the Jazz and a four-point favorite in game one. Are you interested in either side here for a series bet now that the Clippers have been extended to seven games against the Mavs? I like the Jazz to win this series. I think they're probably the more complete team. You alluded to the record at home. They've been terrific at home, and that's going to be critical in this matchup. This is the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. In five minutes, we're going to have Sean Salisbury, former USC quarterback, journeyman quarterback in the NFL, also won a great cup with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Does a radio show in Houston. We're going to ask him about the Julio Jones trade, prospects on Deshaun Watson for this year as well. Uh, let's look at the other game yesterday. Joel Embiid played. Surprised to some that he played in this game. Was almost heroic with 40 points. Hobbled off the court, but it just wasn't enough as the Hawks were too hot from three. Built up a big lead and hung on in this game, and they steal game one in Philadelphia, 
128 to 124. I'm all the series price. Now a pick them. Yeah, I still like Philly. You know, the reality of it is you go 95% of the free throw line for Atlanta, 51% from the floor, 43% from three-point arc. Now, the 43%, I think, is well within a possibility uh, throughout the series. Maybe not that high, but somewhere in the high 30s or low 40s. Uh, Obviously, right there with this 43%. So I don't think that's necessarily an uh, aberration. But you look at Trey Young, tremendous last night with 35 points. They're going to need Philadelphia to really step up here. And I'll tell you the big thing. You know why this game was lost, Mike? One thing. Ben Simmons free throw line, 3 for 10. This team missed 11 free throws. They lose this game by four points. If Ben Simmons could just be 60 to 70% of the free throw line, they win this basketball game. All right, let's take a look at tonight's matchups uh, in the NBA. The Bucks take on the Knicks in game two of this series. We saw James Harden leave game one right off the tip, right? Mm-hmm. I hadn't seen the Nets play a lot this year. I, I admit that, and I've been, I've been on Philadelphia to come out of the East. I have that futures ticket, Philadelphia and the Clippers at 13-1 to to meet in the finals. I thought the Nets were just too heavily bet and to be favored for most of the second half of the year to win the NBA title. I was ultra impressed without James Harden. Game one on Saturday night, just how well this team shares the ball, how they can defend at times when they need to, especially in the fourth quarter. And they really made quick work of Milwaukee in the second half of that game. Interesting, all the steam on Milwaukee here. This game opened, too. It's now a pick em all Any opinion on tonight's matchup? You know, uh, I see uh, Milwaukee's a team you might have to consider here. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that with any kind of strong conviction. I still believe even without Harden in the lineup with the hamstring issue, this team is still very dangerous. And sometimes the argument can be made that these guys are just so talented with Irving and Durant that they're going to be able to still catapult this team. But I don't know, Milwaukee, this is an important game for you. You can't go down 2-0. This is a good opportunity if you're going to make a push in this series with an injured James Harden. The series price here is interesting. We saw it open close to $2 in favor of the Nets. They win game one. They win rather impressively, and it didn't move much, only to 220. As contrasted to, let's say, in the, in the National Hockey League, Colorado becomes a $5 favorite yeah. after a 7-1 drubbing of the Knights. You saw that. Almost no reaction in the series price to the game one victory. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think part of it is the factor of James Harden because you look at Milwaukee, now they're a road favorite in this one. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't come as much of a surprise to me that you're seeing the price where it sits at currently. Let's take a look at the exact game uh, uh, props for this series. For the Nets to sweep, we're looking at plus 850 a mall. Nets win in five, plus 350. Nets win in six, plus four dollars. Nets win in seven, plus 350. For Milwaukee to win the next four games, 11 to one, I'd need about 110 to one there. For the Bucks to win in six plus five dollars, and for the Bucks to win in seven plus five dollars. Yeah, I don't like the series prices on this one. Uh, the the one that looks most viable is probably Bucks in seven, if, or six or seven. If you're going to take them at five to one, uh, you know what surprised me is this Nets at uh, four to one is three fifty. I, I figured four to four to two is probably the more uh, realistic option there if you like the Nets to win the series. Well, I, I, I think something that's built into that, though, is where's the closeout game, right? I mean, if they close out in Game 5, it's it's back in, in, in uh, Brooklyn. If they close out in Game 6, it would, be, it would be in Milwaukee. So I can see where the cheapest price would be there. All right, we're going to bring in Sean Salisbury now at this time. Many of you remember him, of course, the quarterback at USC or his career in the NFL or maybe even in the CFL where he won the, uh, the, the Grey Cup with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Currently, Sean hosts the radio show, uh, in Houston, Texas, and has done so for the past several years. 790 Sports Talk in Houston. Welcome into the program, Sean. Thanks. Good to be on with you guys. How you doing? Thanks for taking the time. Well, let's start out with the big news, the Julio Jones trade to Tennessee. Titans get Julio Jones in a sixth-round pick in 2023. Falcons get the second-round pick 2022 and a fourth-round pick in 2023. Were you surprised how cheap the price tag was for Julio? 
Yeah, I am. But judging from what I saw DeAndre Hopkins go for, which, I mean, now if you look back, that's just, just a dumb move by the Texans. Yeah, I am. But for, for some reason, people are willing to give up really good players that are making a lot of money for some kind of asset. And I, if I been too, too pronged here, I understand salary cap, but we both know, look what Kansas city's done in the past with what teams have done. When you have facing salary cap issues, what do you do? You go to your five best players and say, Hey, listen, we'll give you more, but you, you can manipulate the cap. The smart ones can, I'm not a capologist, but I've seen it happen a million times. If I'm Atlanta, unless you just absolutely Julio Jones has been nothing but a great teammate, a the hardest working guy in practice, productive, Hall of Fame receiver, uh, does his job, isn't a self promoter, just keeps on keeping on. And um, and I and I love Arthur Smith. I think he's going to be great for them. So whatever, both teams I assume feel like they won, and I understand the salary, but I'm not giving away guys like that, especially Matt Ryan's career starting to wind down in the next couple three years, and he put up big numbers. Ridley's playing great football. You've got one of the best play callers in the league now as your head coach. And now here you are in a situation where you no Drew Brees in the division. Carolina's not very good. It's Tampa and you. If I mean, Saints got a great roster, but what's Jameis Winston or what's the quarterback situation going to turn out there? So great opportunity. I, I would have emptied the bucket with Julio Jones, and I would have said no first rounder. Then I'll deal with it. We'll work the cap around. I would have worked harder on manipulating the cap than I would have given him up for a, a second and a fourth rounder. I don't. I like proven assets. Now, I know Julio's a little older. Uh, if he's healthy, he's a 1,400-yard, 1,300-yard receiver, and he'll catch 85 to 90 balls with Derrick Henry, play-action fake. If you double him, then A.J. Brown's going to have a great one. I think that the, the Titans win this, especially on the urgent. Now, I'll trust Julio Brown more than I will a second or a fourth-round pick to be a great player. Now, they may turn out that way. It's all speculation for us. I think Atlanta's happy because they get a couple assets and they get out from under money that they really couldn't afford at the, at the moment, and they got other guys to sign and deal with their draft picks. And if you're Tennessee, you needed this. Your defense wasn't very good in the red zone. You didn't pressure the quarterback. Derrick Henry should, instead of 397 touches with catches as well, you'd probably like to take that down about 50 or 60, and maybe Julio Jones allows you to get the same production without having to wear Derrick Henry out, who is a monster. So, I like Tennessee. If, if Julio Jones plays great football and is healthy for 17 games, if he's healthy, he's going to play good football. Dan Hill's emerged. Um, then Tennessee becomes, obviously, along with the Colts, it's a two-horse division. But I love Julio Jones. I, I'm just one of those guys. I'll take the proven commodity over the um, what-if asset, especially if it's a second-rounder. And he may be a first-rounder at some point that good. But I think Tennessee wins this on the urgent. We'll see how the second and fourth-rounder uh, turnout. If I'm Atlanta, I would have went all in and tried to make it work because him and Ridley and Arthur Smith and Matt Ryan, he might have been able to milk that out. But I get Atlanta probably thinks that they're not where they want to be yet, and Tennessee thinks they're a Super Bowl caliber team, hence the deal. Sean, couldn't agree with you more. I think you're absolutely right in terms of how this thing played out. I, I thought it was a win for Tennessee. But if you're Matt Ryan as a former quarterback, what is your perspective on this? You alluded to you have Ridley, Kyle Pitts comes into the mix now, and Julio Jones. You're feeling pretty good about your offensive capabilities if you have any semblance of a running game and a defense can get a stop once every week, unlike that they were doing down there in Atlanta last year. Uh, I, I just feel like it's it's an absolute shot across the bow to Matt Ryan. Like, hey, listen, we're going to be moving on from you shortly. I, I don't. To your point about the draft picks, these draft picks, it could be the first overall pick. Unless the guy's a future Hall of Famer, he's not better than Julio Jones. That's exactly right. Put it this way, what, what if Julio, let's say he plays three more years and gets 
catches 275 balls in the next three years, right? Or even two, 250. And, you know, I would imagine that Matt Ryan, I mean, that, uh, that Tannehill and that group is going to be more focused in on Julio in the offensive red zone than Atlanta was. For whatever reason, yeah. one of the best receivers who's a Hall of Famer still runs high four fours. He's a big physical guy who works his ass off. Um, I'm surprised that Atlanta didn't work more in the red zone with him, and Ridley's going to be a great player. He already is, and this is a great get. I'm with you. And you add Pitts. I thought Pitts – every year I pick a guy that I think is the most can't-miss guy in a draft. I remember one, it was Quentin Nelson one year. And I'm saying we all want the quarterback, the Trevor Lawrence or the Zach Wilsons. But even with those guys, to me the best football player in college football this year was Kyle Pitts. If he's healthy, I don't know how you defend him. So you add him, who are you going to double? If you're Matt Ryan, aren't you going into this saying, damn, Julio, Ridley, and Pitts? We got three guys that are capable of 100 catches. I mean, you think about that. Hell, maybe you don't even, the run game is just, well, let me just kind of toy with this run game a little bit with these cats. I could, and Matt's still got plenty of game in the pocket, delivering the football on time. Yeah, it, it, it is, because if you're Matt Ryan, you're saying, Gosh dang, man, I, I, Mike, probably, in truth, guys, and you know, if Matt Ryan's team isn't Super Bowl or he doesn't have a monster, really, he'll, he'll fall out of bed and throw for 4,000 yards. <laughs> aren't they going to, isn't next year, aren't they going to use these assets to go draft a first-round quarterback or try to get into the mix to trade for one of these, you know, somebody? Because they've got to start to look just like, I mean, the Saints are eventually going to have to draft a first-rounder to look for the heir apparent, right? That's, you have to. But right now, hey, man, listen, I'd rather take one Super Bowl in, in, in three years, then, well, we got a future that we can build for the next 10. I'll take that. If I'm Tennessee, I'm thinking, if Julio only gave us three years and we're in the Super Bowl or we're in the AFC Championship game with a chance and Julio's got 90 catches for us, it was worth giving up a second and a fourth for to get a sixth rounder in Julio Jones. So, to me, especially this year, how hungry will Tampa be? Probably pretty hungry because Brady's still there. But you start to look around and say, with a little way in the playoffs, anything can happen. And so, I, I, I don't and you got to score in this league. And I don't know how you would have defended the Atlanta Falcons if Julio Jones was also. Can you imagine if everybody thought he was the third best receiver and Pitts is a monster, you can flex him out, create mismatch problems, motion him out of the backfield, put him in a slot, line him up at wide receiver. If too big, he's too big for corners and he's too fast and physical and too, and too, too fast for linebackers, too big for corners to cover. I mean, it's a, it's a matchup nightmare. So, yeah, I, I, would, have, I would have thought that Listen, here's this. If we get what we want, legitimately, Julio Jones can be traded, and we'll work the salary cap. If we can't, then I'll stick around another year. We'll manip- I'll bet you Matt Ryan would have said, dude, you can give me more upfront money, move my salary cap around to keep him. Uh, who, who wouldn't do that? So I'm not saying Atlanta missed. I, I'm not. But on the urgent, like I said, I'll take Tennessee in this deal. And it, it was second-round picks, I guess, at the going rate for great receivers in this league. And if Julio's healthy – he is still a guy that can destroy single and double coverage. We're talking with Sean Salisbury, former NFL quarterback, 790 in Houston, uh, sports talk, and the pride of Orange Glen High School. Sean, I want to talk about the betting markets now. Tennessee was 40-1 to to win the Super Bowl before this trade, now 25-1, to 18-1 to win the AFC, now 12-1. to AFC South, they were the second choice behind the Colts, now co-choice is plus 110 to win the AFC South. Here's my question. We know that Jones makes them a better offense. But as a former quarterback, how important is losing your coordinator 
in Arthur Smith going to Atlanta. I mean, Arthur Smith was like the Tannehill whisperer. We remember Tannehill yep. how he how he was in how he was in Miami. And the last two years, he's I mean, look at his numbers. You can put his numbers. He's a, he's a top six, top seven quarterback if you look at the numbers the last two years. How significant will this be losing Arthur Smith? Uh, I think this is a great question and a great point. I, I'm going to tell you, man, and, and to throw into this betting part of this. Las Vegas, as you guys know, in the betting part, and I'm into it too, and I know you guys do a great job of it, but that's how they build these hotels that are, I mean, these casinos that are air-conditioned, right? Because people, they don't know as much as they do. Look at, look at what one move did. Vegas seems to like Julio Jones, right? And Tennessee. They kind of, they, they, I mean, look at, the, look, at, look at the odds and the lines now as, it, as, it, as they, they got better odds to, to move forward. And I, and I agree with them now. You look at the AFC as well. Kansas City's really good. I, I personally think the AFC, uh, Baltimore, Kansas City at the top. Cleveland's one of them. Roster, Indianapolis has got a great roster as well. But we've got to see if Wentz plays. And now with Tennessee and adding Julio Jones, I, I kind of like what Vegas is saying because a little bit of luck. You've got a, the biggest beast in the league at running back. And look what Tannehill's done. You're exactly right. He's become, he went from a guy to that guy. A guy that, well, we'll see what happens to now he's that guy, a Pro Bowl caliber guy, can throw for 4,000 yards. He, can, he's a per, he moves. He gets outside the pocket. So now adding Arthur Smith. I, I, guys, I've said this on my show before Arthur Smith became a, the, the head coach in Atlanta. When, in Houston, before they hired someone, I said, if it was me and you weren't going to go get Eric the enemy or, or someone that you – because he was the, the, the guy that everybody thought well, was going to get one of these jobs, right? I said on my show continuously, I thought that Arthur Smith – was the best non like Sean Payton and Andy Reid as head coaches, play callers. Sean, I mean, you know, the, those guys that are that guy, but as just a pure play caller, there was no better in the NFL last year. The two best play callers in in the world that weren't head coaches that were calling plays: Steve Sarkeesian at Alabama and Arthur Smith last year. I said, man, if you can get him, do it because he implements the running game. He's a great play action guy, and he gets the most out of what he has. And quite frankly. With the way their defense was, they had to they, they had to do something these last two years, and they've been close. I think losing Arthur Smith, guys, and I said this on my show this morning. Think about the moves. The biggest move, what Stafford to to the Rams, is a huge. It's one of the storylines we got to look at, right? Will Matt be able to get now a Super Bowl guy and get and, and Sean McVay's team back where they want to go? I guess the Carson Wentz. What Wentz are we going to see? That's another storyline. How is one of the biggest offseason moves, and maybe one of the biggest losses? Players included, isn't Arthur Smith for Tennessee? I don't know how Todd Downing's going to do. His one time as an offensive coordinator with the Raiders, the one year it didn't turn out well, but he's been regarded well as a as a as a play call. I mean, as a, a quarterback coach. So we'll see. He's going to be hard pressed to be that good unless he takes Arthur Prince uh, Arthur Smith's blueprints. Says I'm going to do exactly what you do. It wouldn't be a bad idea and add a little bit of his stuff. But I- I'm telling you, for my money, Arthur Smith. I think Atlanta is so blessed to have him if he maneuvers it the way he wants they could be a real threat even without julio but i can tell you i'm a i'm a big believer in arthur smith i think that they got to stay real focused because that'll be one of the five biggest losses in the offseason sean great insights thanks for the time this morning my friend i appreciate you guys thanks for having me on thank you i'm all only three games on the mlb card today and one of them had a late pitching change With all due respect to Tracy Chapman, we're going to play Give Me One Reason when we come back next (laughs) on The Nuts.
Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's kid-safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome back into the Nets. I'm Mike Palm, and he's Amal Shaw. And Amal, we're going to play Give Me One Reason. There are three games on the MLB card today, including a pitching change in the matinee. And I'm going to ask you to give me one reason to bet each of these games. And maybe you can't. I don't know. I've, take, I've taken a close look at them as well. If you don't have a reason, maybe I do. Let's start out in Boston at Fenway, where Nick Pavetta was scheduled to take on Pablo Lopez. Yep. Um, late scratch of Pablo Lopez. This is a makeup game. Zach Thompson making his major league debut is going to go for the Marlins. We see the line move up, obviously, on Pavetta. Now up to 190, 195, with a total of 10 on this game. Pavetta, 6-1. and one. He's pitched a pretty good support here from the Red Sox this year. They scored a lot of runs for him. ERA, 3.77, a whip of 1-2-2, 68 strikeouts against 28 walks in 59 and two-thirds innings. But the change of scenery has been good for Nick Pavetta. Yeah, I love Boston here on the run line in particular. I don't want to lay $2 or 195 depending on where you get the price. You look at the Sox on the run line, 105 110 uh, This Marlins team might can't score. I mean, this is a team that had a 5-2 lead on Saturday against the Pirates, gave that game away, and then on Sunday they eke out a 3-1 win with two runs in the sixth inning against Pittsburgh. If you go back over the last 10 games, this team is just anemic offensively, and I think with this game in Boston, with that offense against Thompson, 
Uh, Red Sox should be able to probably put up six, seven runs in this one. Probably gets over the total if the Marlins can actually contribute. But I like Boston to win this game by two runs or more. We impressed with the way the Red Sox played in Yankee Stadium this weekend. Uh, yes, but at the same time, let's not get uh, overwhelmed by the performance because the, Red, uh, the Yankees are struggling. I mean, it's not like the Yankees are a great team. You know, it's, the books just take the uh, very uh, basic approach and put the Yankees at a top five team every year. Mm-hmm. And on paper, they look good. But, you know, they look like Tarzan, play like Jane every get, every day. I mean, this team is just not as good as people think they are. I, I said it all along, that Garrett Cole signing, uh, to me, he is not Scherzer. He's not DeGrom. Maybe you guys will see that sometime. Yeah, the Palm Readers cashed with Evoldi Friday night. Yeah. I didn't know why he was a dog in that game at Yankee Stadium. A wire-to-wire victory there and then uh, come back on Saturday and come back last night. So it was an impressive series for the Red Sox as it shapes out to be more of, of Rays Red Sox as we come down the stretch, I think, in the AAL East. Uh, another game where we're getting a major league debut is in Anaheim tonight where the ace of the Angel staff, Dylan Bundy, takes an 0-6 record into this game. ERA of 6.5, a whip of 1.32 for Dylan Bundy. He really was thought to be... The head of this rotation, and they've, they've got a lot of retreads here, right? They've got guys <laughs> from other places, Joe Madden's taken, and hoping uh, to get big, Well, they've always been on the forefront big, of recycling in California. Yeah, just when are they going to start pitching? They just have never, really, in Trout's era, they, they ever had any starting they, pitching. They should do Major League Baseball and Mike Trout a favor and trade him. Yeah. Well, well Dylan Bundy's going to be $1.50, now up to $1.57 favorite in this game uh, tonight against the Royals with a total of nine. You've got to lay one fifteen if you want to go under here. Give me one reason to bet this game in Anaheim. Well, maybe take a look at Jackson Kowar. Uh, you know, the young gun for the Royals here making his debut. Good opportunity. Uh, to me, this is not a game I want to be involved in from a perspective of uh, the Anaheim Angels. Now, they had a nice come-from-behind win against the Mariners on Saturday. Um, you know, they got, fell behind by a large margin. But this is a team right now coming off the loss yesterday. Again, gave up nine runs. Uh, we'll see if they can stay uh, consistent in any way, shape, or form. No trout in the lineup continues to impact this team. All right, then what I think is the feature matchup today is the nightcap from Petco, where the Cubs uh, travel south after their series with the Giants to take on the Padres. Padres won the first two games in that series against the Mets. Then they ran into DeGrom and Stroman the last two games, and the Mets were able to come away and split that series. Adbert Alzale, this is a kid I've been impressed with. Got rid of that curveball, went to more of a slider this year. He's pitched well in his last five starts. He's 4-4, four 3-6-2, four, but the whip under one, 58 strikeouts against 11 walks and 54 and a third, taking on... David Weathers' son, Ryan Weathers, who in 39 and a third innings has 29 strikeouts against 12 walks. His whip under uh, one as well. 206 on the ERA. Weathers comes in with a 2-2 two and two record. We see the Padres here open 115, up to $1.25 in some spots. Get back around 110 on the Cubs here with a total of eight. Uh, just about even to the over-under here. First five inning total, four you can get at a under at even money, or if you want to lay four and a half, it's about $1.35. Give me one reason you're going to bet this game tonight at Petco. Well, the Padres come in with a two-game losing streak. I think a good opportunity to get back on track here. This is a better pitching matchup, in my opinion, in favor of the Padres. I like this team overall in terms of what they've done at home. Cubs have played well, but not quite as hot as they were earlier in the season. So I think this is a good spot here. Cubs under 500 on the road. Padres doing a nice job. 20 wins, 12 losses at home. So I like San Diego to bounce back and end that two-game losing streak. To your point, Padres had won 12 straight before they ran into yeah. the Grom Saturday night. I like this game under, and it'll be a part of the playbook. I, I like Alizar. And remember, he matched up um, last week uh, when this this series was in Wrigley Field. He matched up with the Nielsen Lamette, went five innings, gave up one run, and got uh, 
and uh, got the win in that game as the Cubs scored in the bottom of the fifth to take the lead after he had exited the game. So I look for another good pitching matchup. Tough to score runs at Petco, especially at night. All right, when we come back, we're going to look at where Amal's going with his plays. Does he have any more French open for us, as well as the Palm Reader's playbook? Up next on The Nuts. Baseball season is in full swing, so it's the perfect time to work on cashing tickets every day. Our VEASAN experts give you all the tools to make the most of every baseball bet, including live odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com slash MLB and our daily members-only best bet emails. Now is the time to start your free trial and take advantage of all the betting opportunities this baseball season at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. You know them all, and, and I've said this before on air, someone who's you know, looked at as an NFL handicapper, especially from a contest standpoint and as a golf expert because of his business and because of his prowess, there's Brady Cannon. I love Brady Cannon on baseball. Brady Cannon is very good at identifying underdogs. And we used to be on, you and Brady would be on Sunday mornings and Derek and I would join from Long Bar, sometimes Josh Towers. We'd stay on for 45 minutes talking about baseball. So they have a chance to check out Brady Cannon. And I wanted to wish belatedly Brady Cannon a very happy birthday he celebrated his birthday at Hermosa Beach this weekend. You and I did not get invited down. Our producer, Jacob Roach, did. I mean, yeah. he gets tickets to everything and invites. Not only is he on the on the glass for Game 7 of Night's Wild, he got invited and even stayed at the hotel with Brady Cannon in Hermosa Beach to celebrate his birthday. Well, I can't speak for you, but I know he's more likable than I am. Well, I think he and I are a toss-up. I wouldn't want to <laughs> live on the difference. All right, Amal, you've been tremendously successful so far giving us these French Open picks as well as college basketball that's the past so we look forward to forward to the future uh but what do you, all, want, what do you want from me the canadians are up 3-0 you did give out the canadians and you've given them out in games specific games as well i would imagine you might be on the uh, closeout game tonight i love montreal here yeah. i don't understand this price is now dropping again i got it at a bad number at minus 160 it's down to 155 to me it's a surprise that people are taking winnipeg no no shifley this team is lifeless and I'll tell you, if there was ever going to be a push in the series, it was going to come in game number three. It didn't show. Uh, by the way, what is who is making the schedule of the National Hockey League? <laughs> back to back. Well, no, Tampa and Carolina are going to play Saturday. You're going to play again Tuesday. But Winnipeg and Montreal are going to go back to back. They scored so many goals, it was enough for a week in the second period in that game. <laughs> it's been more goals than we've seen basically in the entire series. Eight between, goals in, yeah, the la- in the last 15 minutes of that in that period. By the way, I was a little bit concerned for you on Saturday. Because I thought you might have been on under seven and a half or nine and a half. No, I didn't I said, chase it. Okay. No, I hit the first period under with a yeah, bad that's number. Exactly. They gave a plus you, price. Yeah. I got there, right? I was I was going to be mad if I lost on a bad number, yeah. and then I just let it go for the game. Yeah. I, I didn't need to have anything else to do with that game. No, and the game flew over the total. Uh, do you now? I would expect them to go back with Djokovic as uh, Montreal tonight. I expect them to close it out as well. Yeah, I'm. You're also going to see here in the in the playbook. I played the game as well, but I laid the puck line plus 175. Not a bad play. I think play. The, the way you win and I don't win is if it goes to overtime and Montreal wins in overtime. Yeah. 
Winnipeg, you saw Winnipeg. They're pulling the goalie with five minutes left. Well, they are down three goals. Yeah, I know. But, I mean, if, even if they're down one, you're not going to see Paul Maurice wait here. They're down three. No, they have yeah, nothing, nothing to lose in this exactly. spot. That's a great point. And to your point, they're generating no offense. Yeah. I mean, do you, it looks like Price is, is, never has an anxious moment in these games, right? I mean, yeah. you never get him off. He's just deflecting passes, a blocker here, a stick off to the side here. They're really not getting anybody in front of him. They had a pretty decent chance right at the end of the first period on a turnover yesterday with about three seconds left. That was about the only threat in the whole first period yesterday. I like what Montreal's doing. They're generating the chances. They're controlling the game on their end of the ice. And you were the one who called it before the series even started. This team that was the last to qualify for the playoffs and the largest odds uh, to win the Stanley Cup is sitting sitting now on the doorstep of being in the Final Four and getting to take on the Avalanche uh, or the Knights. So I played the puck line here with the Canadians. Uh, Cal Irvine. Play Stanford to get to go to the Super Regional tonight. They beat Stanford last night, 8-4. to four. I think they've got more pitching less than Stanford. Uh, they opened as a dog in this game. It's about a pick now. I expect Cal Irvine to be the favorite by the time this game goes off at 7 o'clock Pacific tonight, 10 o'clock Eastern. I wish I'd have listened to Derek. He, he gave me uh, three two plus $2 dogs that won this week, and I only bet one of them. He really follows his college baseball. He watches on his computer throughout the course of the year, so... He's big today on Nebraska, who's getting a plus 240 from a number one ranked Arkansas. So I didn't put it in the playbook, but if, uh, if, if you'd like to follow Derek's plays, take a look at Arkansas today. That's another game where Arkansas won last night and forces the, the, the double elimination against uh, number one ranked uh, Nebraska one against number one ranked Arkansas today. I believe that game goes at 4 o'clock uh, Pacific, 7 o'clock Eastern. And then I, I mentioned this, under four in the first five uh, of the series, Padres and Cubs, uh, the game tonight at Petco to kick off the series. I just like this uh, Adbert Alzale. I mean, I think this 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 um, slider he's throwing is a lot more effective than the curveball he had last year. Tough to score runs at Petco. It's om- they're almost built in unders. You bet them under, and then and then you can day trade them here because there's not a lot of runs early in those games. So under four at uh, at plus a dollar. If you want to search, you can get under four and a half, but you're going to have to lay probably thirty cents or thirty five cents juice. I referenced uh, if the Canadians win, they'll take on the winner of the uh, Knights. Avalanche series them all. Dramatic turn of events after the 7-1 shellacking in game one. It was a bad spot. They played Leonard. Knights really outshot him a lot in game two, but lost in overtime. Knights come back with those two goals in less than a minute to shock Colorado in game number three, and then dominated the game last night. This is the first time I saw Colorado on their heels and looked like the worst of the two teams. I tell you what, I'm really concerned for Colorado because when you look at it now, remember, do you know on uh after game two, the Knights were thirteen to one to win the cup. Now they're three to one. I mean, it's, well, after game two, they were they could get plus six dollars in the series. Series, yeah, yeah. I mean, a great opportunity on the Knights here. And Mike, they've been the better team, in my opinion, two and a half out of the four games in this series. I think Colorado in game two, you can say, was kind of split. Yeah, they Colorado uh, won the first period, and the Knights were yeah. better in the last two periods. But if you look at the last six periods here in Vegas, this team has been dominant. Look at the number of shots on goal, shot attempts. I'm not sure how Colorado rectifies this. Now, is it going to help them immensely at home? Possibly. You get last change in so many situations. Certain face-offs uh, gives you an opportunity to really take advantage of matching up how you want to match up the lineups. But I'm not sure if they've got enough at this point. Remember, I referenced into the 2014 Oklahoma City-San Antonio series. Everyone was like, oh, Spurs, Spurs, Spurs. They won by like 15 points in the first two games. Now, all of a sudden, you look at this one. I'll tell you, if game three, I'm sorry, game five, if Colorado doesn't find a way to win, it's over. They're not going back to Colorado. Take a look at the adjusted series prices here. The Avalanche are $1.40 now. I, we saw this $9 after yeah. game number two, right? I mean, yeah. it, went to five, or after, yeah, it went to $5 after game one and then $9 after game two. I don't know. The top line's not doing much for Colorado. That line that dominated with McKinnon uh, in Colorado in the first uh, game in a, in a period, 
really didn't get much traction in, in Las Vegas. And they just, they, I don't know if it's the ice, they just visually didn't look as fast as they were in Denver. Yeah, they really have it. I, I don't know what the situation is, but let's see if they get rejuvenated when they go back to tomorrow night. I'll tell you what, this Game 5, I mean, we have a Game 5 situation between Boston and New York as well. But for some reason, to me, in that series, it doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. Like, if New York wins, I think Boston can steal a game on the Island. If the Islanders lose, I think they can win at home and figure out a way to win Game 7 in Boston. But to me, Game 5 between Colorado and VGK is the most important I've seen so far in this postseason for a team's real chances, even though it's not an elimination game. Yeah, I agree with you here. There's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure now falling back on Colorado, yeah. who presumably was going to walk over the Knights here. So I think if they're going to steal a game here, this is the Knights having all the momentum. It's going to be in Game 5 if they want to win this series. If Montreal, which presumably gets through Winnipeg, and let's say it's VGK or Colorado, can their defense slow down either one of these teams enough? They took care of Toronto. Winnipeg's offense hasn't even been existent. Yeah, that's an interesting question. It'll be a contrast of styles. When we come back, we'll take a look at the Suns and Nuggets game one tonight, as well as the two matchups on the ice. That's next on The Nuts. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. 
Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. With exclusive bets, daily specials, odds boost, and the largest offer of live in-play options, BetRivers Sportsbook is the industry leader when it comes to online sports betting. And to make your experience even more rewarding, BetRivers offers the most live streams of major sports, instant payouts, and only one-time playthrough. BetRivers, your hometown sportsbook. Offer valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Colorado, 1-800-522-4700. Michigan, 1-800-270-7117. Virginia, 1-888-532-3500. And Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Welcome back into the Nuts. I'm Mike Palm. He's Amal Shaw. I'm on the first segment. We touched on the... Brooklyn-Milwaukee game tonight, which is now a pick in the East. Uh, no Harden again for the Nets, but boy, they looked awful impressive to me in Game 1. Let's shift out West for the opening game of the 2-3 series, where Phoenix will host the Denver Nuggets tonight. Now, Phoenix obviously beat the Lakers in six games. Denver, the three-seed, beat uh, Portland in six games as well. And now we travel to Phoenix tonight for game number one. We see the Suns open here. I thought this was just a tad high. I thought it'd be around three and a half, four. I did too. Yeah, Suns open five here tonight. You got to like $2 if you like them on the money line. A total of all of 221 and a half. We saw those games in the Denver-Portland series. All but one flew over the total. Yeah, uh, you mentioned that several times. You were all (laughs) over that one. To me, though, um, I like Phoenix to win this first game. I don't know if I want to lay five here in this spot. I think if you're the Suns, your confidence level has to be extremely high after taking care of the Lakers. I understand there was no Anthony Davis for several games, but overall, when I look at this Phoenix team, I think having the home court advantage gives them a huge edge, great opportunity to get to the conference finals. Uh, I think we should realistically be looking at Utah-Phoenix in the uh, conference finals 1-2 matchup. Uh, I, I see your point there, and I think that if you would have said at the start of the, the Western Conference finals it, that the seeds would hold true and neither the Lakers or the Clippers would be yeah. in, would have been shocking to many. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I think uh, most people would have expected the Lakers and Clippers to advance. Clippers that took them seven games, and Lakers, well, they're ready for some tea times. <laughs> uh, let's take a look at some of the pro- – I want to mention this one fact, too, Amal, um, in terms of when you're looking at the over here. The last nine times the Sun have played with three or more days rest, the under is 8-1. and one. Wow. I think that's pretty – because they're re- that's, you know, that's, they can they're focus right, on defense. defense. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, it takes more effort to play defense, right? Well, and not only that, if you look at the final two games of the series, mm-hmm. there was not an emotional tax in those games because they were so dominant early on. Remember, they were up 30 at the end of, at halftime of the uh, game number five. Game six, they were dominant in that one. So it really gives them an edge here. I think when you look at Denver, it was a physical series. You had that game five that went to double overtime. A uh, lot of things in play there. I think this is a good spot for uh, Phoenix here in this first game. Phoenix is 220 to win the series at DraftKings. You get back 175 on the uh, <clears throat> on the Nuggets. If you think the Suns can sweep them, it's plus 550. Suns in five is plus $3. Suns in six plus $4. Suns in seven plus 450. A Nuggets sweep is 18 to one. Nuggets in five, 10 to one. Seven to one on Nuggets in six and eight to one on Nuggets in seven. Interested if you like the Nuggets at betting any one of these exact game props. Uh, exactly. n- not particularly no? because I'm not sure how this one will play out. I think six or seven is probably your best bet. But with that being said, I think the price on the series is too high in favor of Phoenix. 
I don't think they should be a 220-230 favorite. I, I thought it should be much lower than that. I think Denver's a much better team than they're getting credit for in this matchup. Look, they were able to overcome the loss of Jamal Murray. Not saying that they're going to be able to do that against Phoenix, but I think this is a team that can really put up a fight. I don't think game one's necessarily going to be that tough. I think watch out in game two for the Joker and company. All right, let's talk about props on game one tonight, all right? I'm going to give you uh, a name, and you give me the number. This is for total points, rebounds, and assists. Okay. Okay. Nikola Jokic. Uh, he's got to be in the Luka range, so somewhere between 48 and 51. Yeah, 49 and a half. Okay. Michael Porter Jr. Uh, say about 33, 32. I think you like over 28 and a half then. Yeah, because I was thinking, I'm thinking 23 points, 10 rebounds. Aaron Gordon. Boy, I, I have no idea on Gordon. Um, I, I couldn't even begin to fathom 20 and a half. All right, now let's look at the Sun side of it. Obviously, Booker went off in game six. Devin Booker. Points, rebounds, and assists. Mm-hmm. He's not going to accumulate a ton of assists and rebounds. Uh, probably, you're thinking, thinking five and five. They're somewhere around 40. 39 and a half. Okay. You're a bit bang on there. Uh, DeAndre Gosh, I would say 28. 24 and a half. I feel like yeah. that's a little bit low because of the because rebounds. rebounds. Exactly, the rebounds. yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, if, can he get 15 points? I think he gets 10 yeah. rebounds. Okay, so you like over there. You like over Porter and Jay Crowder. Oh, I didn't even know he's still in the league. <laughs> Put a number on him. <laughs> I don't know. By the way, Marquette's calling for some donations, I'm sure. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't have a clue on Jay Crowder. Yeah, yeah 18 and a half. Yeah, he can stay there. Okay. So you got, you got two. The folks listening got two out of them, two overs from uh, your person. I think that's a good way to do it, to make your number and see how far off you Yeah, are. that's exactly right? I mean, yeah. Make a bet. I think we do that with games we, on teams and totals. I, I like the eight and one. We make our own number. Okay, let's uh, switch to the National Hockey League. We have, as you mentioned, the scheduling uh, gods have given us two games tonight. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't put them both at back, the same time like back, they did over the weekend. Back-to-back for Jets, Canadians, and then uh, two games of uh, two days of rest in the uh, the Central Division between... Uh, Tampa Bay and Carolina. So let's start with uh, an, an early game, six six thirty uh, and eight o'clock Eastern, three thirty here on the West Coast, and uh, five o'clock for the second game. Uh, series tied two two. What a great atmosphere that is on the island for those two games. Now huh? those fans are so fired up. Obviously, last year in the bubble they didn't get to see Barry Trotz in his first year there with the Islanders. I think they gave that team a big lift uh, on Saturday, and they were able to even up that series uh, two games apiece. Now we switch back to Boston. Boston was a heavy favorite in this series. Series tied 2-2. We see Boston back again to being, I think it's too high of a price, but 195 tonight. I'd make Boston somewhere around 165, 170. They're 195 tonight. You see the five. There's shopping to be done in this series because some places have five and a half, depending on which way you lean. If you go with five, you can get a plus price on the under. If you go with five and a half, you know you got to lay about $1.50 on the under. Uh, puck line here, plus 150 on the Bruins if you think they can cover that. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one in terms of the price being too high. I thought this should have been right around 160. I don't understand the justification. Now, look, with that being said, I think the Bees win the game, but I'm not laying 195. Um, you know, you could take a shot with the Islanders here. It's not a big deal to me at plus 165 because the reality of it is it's going to come down to one or two plays. Can Boston avoid the dumb penalties? Uh, you know, Saturday's game was a, was a case in point for me about how you can't play totals in the NHL. And uh, if you're going to play unders in the postseason, because I mean, look at that game. It was one, one with seven minutes to go. Right. And if you had under five, you pushed. Yeah. A score and two two empty net goals. These teams are keeping, keeping them out by, you know, obviously down two, but now down three in in these eliminations. It's just too hard. I'd rather lay the juice. 
try to play the first periods or even second periods where you get a plus price because of the long well, I'm change. I'm sure all under. the analytics jokers will tell you how great it is to have that sixth guy when the zone is so overly crowded. And then when they have a two-goal lead, they're just taking shots like it's practice down to the other end. And the Islanders scored the third goal, um, or the fourth overall goal, with three seconds remaining in the game. Yeah. I thought last night there was the penalty in the Colorado uh, game against VGK. Where, I stopped watching it 3-1. to one. But where it said 4-on-3, there was going to be a 4-on-3. When Tuck got pulled down, yeah, and it was oh, yeah, going to yeah. be 4-on-3, and Bedner went nuts, and it yeah. was 5-on-4. A huge difference, though. So 4-on-3 with the open ice. Much more likely to score 4-on-3 than 5-on-4. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it changes the whole dynamic yeah. of everything. And that, that, You know, when you get those 5-on-3, 4-on-3 situations, you have to capitalize on it because you have so much open ice. You know, the other thing is, Mike, getting back into the attack zone, even when they clear so much quicker. We talked about this game at length, so we won't go too heavy into it. Montreal leads the series 3-0, can close out tonight at the Bell Center. Uh, you laid 160 in this game mm-hmm. with Montreal. I took them on the puck line. They've got to win by two or more, and I got back uh, uh, plus 175. You see the total here, five and a half, juice to the under. Yeah, by the way, these bookmakers uh, that make these lines they have to be the most stubborn people in the world. You've got Boston against the great defensive team of Barry Trotz and New York Islanders at 195. You've got Montreal, who has not given Winnipeg a pulse offensively. But we're going to make them 160. How about yesterday? The line dropping from it's 140. It's dropping again down yeah, to 140 now. 140 to 125 Jeff. before faceoff. I said, I Jeff. said, I text you. I said, Montreal is the best bet of the weekend. I said, I love this game. I'm all I, over the Canadians in this I told one. you I need 160 to take Winnipeg in this spot. Yeah, it's exactly. Jeff Davis, who, who used to run the Caesar Sportsbook, was the director and now works here for Matt Metcalf and our sportsbook as a manager. Uh, sent out a tweet. How do you like that Winnipeg steam today? I mean, we, we took all Winnipeg money as well yesterday. Yeah, these guys are all as sharp as a marble. Um, any interest in the adjusted series prices? Bruins are $2. Avalanche now just $1.40 against VGK. Lightning are, you know, late, late twelve fifty. get back 700 And the Canadians, if you lay $3,335, you get back 100 or 13 to 1 on the Jets. There's the spread. <laughs> Let's take a look at the Lightning one real quick. Okay. Carolina wins game five. They're plus $7 in yeah, this spot. You win game five. Come back and take Tampa on a straight up bet in game number six. Mm-hmm. If they don't win that one, you got game seven at home. Yeah. And they'll be, they should be a small favorite in game five. And this is at a home. Better situation than Montreal had where they had to go to Toronto and win twice. They won two out of, th- uh, two, out of two on the road there. If you're Carolina, look, I understand they gave up those five goal, uh, three goals in a row or four in a row, excuse me in the second period, mm-hmm. but I think they've got a chance. They're still a good enough team. They've got players. Uh, Teravine and Ajo, they've got to make some plays here. Dougie Hamilton, uh, he had a goal on Saturday, but they need to be more consistent, and the defensively, they've got to do a good job and stay away from those penalties. That's what kills you against a team like Tampa with that power play opportunity. Stamkos came alive there in game number four. I want to talk about and close with uh, the news out of Birmingham that Alabama has signed Nick Saban through the 2028 season. He's 70 right now. The end of the contract, he'll be 77 years old. Wise move for the Crimson Tide? Well, first of all, it depends on how the contract is structured. I know the University of Alabama, will. Uh, they said at the president of the university years ago, or the chancellor said, hey, uh, Nick Saban's the greatest investment in Alabama. And I get it because of donations and the amount of money coming into the university. But, you know, this is one of the things I don't understand about athletic directors. Mike, I've said this to you a lot, and I talk about this all the time. These people have never owned or run their own business. This is all money that is not theirs. I get the greatness of Saban. Nobody's denying that. But do you really believe he's going to be coaching till he's 77 years old? You think he's going to be hanging around like, a, you know, somebody waiting on a pension? 
I mean, to me, I don't get it. You think I don't see Saban probably coaching that long at some point in time. It takes a tremendous amount of energy because of the recruiting. The recruiting's at 365. I know he has great assistance, but he's still involved in a lot of defensive details for that team. Well, it's not just that. The question is, does he feel like he's going to be like Bear Bryant and Joe Paterno, that the minute he hangs up, he may not be around on this planet? That's the big question mark. Yeah. Is he the greatest coach in the history of the University of Alabama? Without question. He's the greatest college football coach. Greatest coach in any college sport. No. Anson Doran, North Carolina. Uh, Tom Gable, University of Iowa Wrestling. That's not a bad one. Thanks for tuning in today to the Nuts. Good luck. Two games on the NHL playoff ice and two games on the NBA hard court playoffs tonight. Good luck with all your bets. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health, but by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today.